Well, we began 2023 with a theme of sorts in that we want to be a place to call home. And uh, our goal is to uh, go into our community and share, um, share with folks who Jesus is and how much he means to us and how they can have a life-changing relationship with him. And uh, I really want to keep that goal before ourselves constantly. And this is not just, you know, like we dreamed it up and we should, like it's scriptural, it's biblical. And so uh, we have a theme passage and I want us to just begin to let this kind of soak into our hearts. And so we're going to recite it a good bit. Early on, we're going to do it weekly. After that, we might not do it quite as often, but we want it, I, want it, I want it just to soak into our hearts this idea of making the most time that we have, making most of, use of the time that we have to go and share with folks. So if you could throw that up on the screen, and if you would just kind of say this passage uh, of Scripture with me, it's the Colossians 4 passage. There we go. Thank you so much. So, uh, if you'll say this passage with me. This is the actual real passage. Last week was just testing your reading skills. This is the real one. All right. So, I thought it was Galatians. It's not. It's Colossians. All right, here we go. So, read with me. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. So you can see why that is our theme passage, if that is our theme, to make the most of the time that we have by sharing with outsiders the word of Christ, the mystery of Christ, so we're going to keep that before ourselves this year. So last week, we got to peek behind the curtains. We're in Revelation 12, and uh, we're going to continue on in verse 7. So you can turn your Bibles there. And last week, we got to have a little peek behind the curtain to see what was taking place in, in heaven and in the heavenly places in spiritual realms at the very same time that Jesus Christ has come to earth to be born to establish his kingdom and to accomplish salvation and resurrection and uh, ascension. And I think it's important to realize two things. Sometimes what is taking place in heavenly places is affecting what is happening on earth. Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against every power in heavenly places, the things that are taking place in unseen places. And those things are affecting us. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle with spiritual things. We wrestle with things in spiritual realms. And so... That's what I mean by there are things taking place right now that are affecting us here on earth. But we also see from Scripture and, and experience that sometimes there are things that take place on earth that affect what happens in heaven. We see this with Jesus' birth, life, death, 
resurrection and ascension. It initiated a battle in heavenly places, in spiritual realms. We looked last week at the enraged enemy because he knew he had been defeated, that his time was short and his time was nigh. And today we see how that defeat begins. Can I say to you today that it may seem at times as if Satan is winning in your life today, but he is not because he is a defeated foe because of what Christ did for you. It may seem like he's got a foothold. It may seem like things aren't going the way they should or the way we think that they ought to, but Satan will not win. And we'll see that today, that he is a defeated foe. And no matter what we face, and listen, we face tough things. There are people in this room I know are facing tough situations, harder than you've ever faced before. And so it may seem like the enemy has the upper hand in your life. And let me tell you, Jesus is more powerful than the circumstances in your life. He's more powerful than what Satan would do to you. He is able to conquer for you. And we'll see today that even in the midst of the hardest, of your, the hardest times of your lives, you are able to overcome and conquer. You are. And it's not because of you being strong enough. Sometimes God allows you and I to get to our weakest place for us to finally realize that our strength is not in ourselves, but is our strength is in Christ and Christ alone. He is the one that will help you overcome. He is the one who defeated Satan. He is the one who will rule and reign forever, and he rules and reigns now in your life and in my life. Jesus helps us to overcome the enemy and the blows that he sends our way. And he sends them because he's mad and he don't like you and he don't like me and he don't like what God is doing in our lives and he doesn't like the promise that we have in Christ. So he's throwing them left and right. But Jesus is not surprised by those. He is not overwhelmed by those. And when we are in the state of overwhelm in our life, we must finally just say, Lord, I can't, but I know you can. It's hard. It's tough. But I know that you hold me in the midst of this storm and every storm. Friends, Satan is a defeated foe, and Christ is a valiant, valiant warrior for you and for me. Our text today gives us a glimpse of Satan's fall and defeat and the fact that he is being rendered powerless. And we will look at the accusations he continues to hurl our way, and we will see that they have no real power, and we will see that we can overcome by the power of Christ in our lives. Would you read with me, beginning in verse 7 of chapter 12, where we will see this, and if you are able, out of reverence for the Word of God, and out of, uh, because we honor it, would you stand if you're able, would you read with me in that passage? Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against uh, the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought. 
but he could not prevail. And there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world, he was thrown to earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they did not love their lives to the point of death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great fury, because he knows his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who, who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence to her place in the wilderness where she was nourished for a time, times, and a half a time. From his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river flowing after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth helped the woman. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river and the dragon had spewed from his mouth. So the dragon was furious with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commands of God to hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. And let us see here three things that we can glean from the enemy's defeat and how he is powerless over us and how you and I can overcome. Number one, we see that Satan is defeated in heaven by an event on earth. Remember we said that sometimes things that happen in heavenly places affect things on earth and vice versa things that happen on earth affect heavenly places and so what we see in this moment that Christ has come Christ has given himself to over to what God wanted him to do to the mission to the purpose of his life uh, of, of eternity to come and to be born and to uh, to live the perfect life die a sinner's death, rise from the dead on the third day, and ascend up into heaven, we see that 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 act, that event, that moment in history altered not only earthly history, but it altered what happened in heaven. In that moment, a war broke out in the heavenly places and Michael and his angels are fighting the the demons that follow the dragon. And because of Christ, they were able to overcome him and throw him down out of those places onto earth. As we learned last week, we have a foe, but he is a defeated foe, and he, like an animal caught in a trap, he's fighting for his life, and he's mad, and he's snapping at you and me left and right constantly, unceasingly. And he knows that his time is limited. He knows that his time is short. We discussed this last week. So he's enraged. And he's given it all he can give because he knows his time is up. In verse 7, we begin to see this cosmic battle between uh, Michael and his angels and the dragon and his forces. And Michael is able to throw them down. 
And we see it's because the kingdom of Christ has come on earth that he is overthrown in heaven. One of the commentaries I've been reading about uh, Revelation as I prepare for these messages is uh, called Discipleship on the Edge, and it's written by a guy named Daryl Johnson. This is what he writes about this moment. He says, The war in heaven is won through an event on earth. Through the birth of a child on earth, the war is won through the life of the child. The war is won through the preaching, teaching, healing ministry of the child. The way is won. The war is won through the crucifixion of the child. The war is won through the resurrection of the child. The war is won through the ascension of the child to the throne on heaven. It is what Christ did and what Christ accomplished while he was on earth and by ascending to his rightful place at the right hand of God that the war is won, it is complete, it is not, uh, uh, it is, he is not overcome, he defeats the enemy once and for all. The war is won because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. Look at verse 10. And it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, and these, these are the people of God. This is the, the, the household of faith. And they say, The salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night, unceasingly, unendingly, He has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb. You see, it is Christ and what Christ has done and the preeminence of Christ and the, the glory of Christ and the fact that Christ transcends all things and is all-powerful and all-majestic and almighty. And because of what Christ has done, the devil has no power. He is defeated. He is left for dead, and he's fighting with all that he can with whatever he has left to try and upend the plans of God. But friends, the plans of God will not be thwarted. The plans of God will not be upended. The plans of God will be accomplished because he is God and Satan is a defeated foe. Satan is thrown down because Jesus has done all these things and he has won. Can I tell you today, that truth is not just a truth that will one day come to fruition. That is a truth that for you and me today, today, Satan is rendered powerless in your life and in my life. Whatever power it may seem that he has, we give to him. But we have the power to overcome the enemy in our lives because he's powerless, he's defeated. And so you and I, must turn our eyes on Jesus. You and I must orient our lives to focus toward him. Because with every blow, every accusation, everything that Satan throws our way, if we're not careful, we'll heed his words, we'll listen to what he has to say and begin to believe it. But what we must do is focus on the one who has defeated him fully 
and completely in our lives. We must focus on Christ. The second thing we see in this passage is that Satan is an accuser of the people of God, but his lies are swallowed up. So it mentions him being a deceiver, mentions him being an accuser several times. And what we must realize is that any time the mouth of Satan is open in the Bible or his representatives, the only thing coming forth is lies. That is who he is. He's a deceiver, an accuser, a liar. We see that in this passage. We see it uh, pulling out uh, imagery from other ideas like the Garden of Eden. We see the imagery of other places where people and even nations fell under the, the, the guise of what the enemy was trying to have them believe. And what we see is that his lies are empty. His accusations are empty. His deception is empty. We're going to come back to verses 11 and 12 in just a moment. But, but next, following that, we see the dragon going into a fury against the woman, which we learned last week represents not just Mary, but it also represents the people of God. And he begins to spew something that turns into a river. He opens his mouth, the dragon opens his mouth, and out of it comes this river. It's a river of lies. It's a river of accusations. It's a river of him just spewing everything he can to try to catch us, the people of God, in some type of uh, entrancement or to be entranced by what he has to say. Uh, our accusations are blows toward you and I. He's spewing this river out, and we see that in this passage. Satan is a liar, an accuser, a persecutor, and that's what he's doing. He's doing it with everything he has left. He's throwing it everything at us like a river. You know, can we just pause for a moment in this passage and just think even to our lives today, how incessantly the lies of Satan are flowing toward you and me. All you have to do, all you have to do is pause for a minute, you'll hear it. Not just in, inwardly in our own temptations, in our own uh, struggles, but you turn on the TV, pull up your phone, look at any kind of social media. The, the lies are coming at you and I incessantly, like a flood. I, the image I have in my head in this moment is just someone t taking off the cap of a fire hydrant and just blowing at us completely. The lies are coming. Satan is, uh, at, he's done everything he can. And so the lies are coming at us without ceasing. But they have no power. He spews those things our way every day. And if we're not careful, they will take root in our hearts and we will begin to believe them. And these are the lies people believe. These are the things people say, this is what Satan is helping us to understand and, and think and believe. If we're not careful, things like God doesn't love you. He's holding something back from you. You're a better God for yourself. Do whatever you wish. You aren't good enough. You're being punished. On and on it goes. In this passage, it is rendered powerless because the earth comes to the aid of the people of God and the earth opens up and swallows up the spewing lies of the enemy. 
This imagery is imagery that you and I understand if we think back to what happened to Pharaoh and his armies as soon as, as soon as the Israelites made their way through the Red Sea, what happens? The waters crash in on them and swallow up the pursuer, the enemy. And God also gives a way for you and I to, to, to do away with the lies that Satan sends our way. All we must do is listen, turn our eyes to him, trust in him. Paul himself said that there is no uh, temptation come to man that is, is, number one, that is new. And he also tells us that there's not any temptation that will come our way, that God does not provide a way for us to find a way out. The earth swallows it up here. And in our lives, the truth of God's word is the way to combat the lies of the enemy. You want to know how you can overcome the spewing lies of Satan, the, 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 uh, the fire hydrant of lies that he spews your way and my way? We counteract it with the word of God. We do what Jesus did in the wilderness. When, Jesus, when the lies came toward Jesus, when Satan was walking with him and said, hey, it, you know, you're hungry, you've been, you haven't been eating for 40 days. Here's some rocks, and you're God, so you can command those rocks, and they will turn to bread, and you can have nourishment. And Jesus says, what does he do? He quotes the word of God. He says, you know, get behind me, Satan, right? He's like, this is the word of God. It is written, is what he says. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is the word of God. Jesus himself combated Satan's lies with, and it's the power that you and I have against him today. You want to know how the words of Satan, the spewing fire hydrant of Satan's lies, can be swallowed up in your lives? By committing yourself to knowing this word. David said in Psalm 119, how does a man keep his way pure? How does he keep from sinning? He hides his word in his heart that he might not sin against God. The spewing lies of Satan are combated by the truth of God's word and the power of God's word. John's vision pulls from not just uh, Exodus, but Daniel here. We see the floods of water like the Red Sea, but Pharaoh is swallowed up in the Red Sea like the flood of accusations is swallowed up in the earth. Even creation knows Satan is a liar. Jesus is king, and we are his chosen people protected by him and nourished by him because it says he takes them up on these wings and takes them to the wilderness and he nourishes them there for a period of time so let's stop believing the lies let's stand up to the enemy in Christ's power not in ours the third thing we see is Satan is overcome when we wholly trust in the blood of the Lamb I said we'd go back to verses 11 and 12. So let's do that now. And what we see here as, we, as it is acknowledged in heaven that the accuser is overcome by the salvation of the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, that they have now come, verse 11 says, 
And this is talking about the people of God. They conquered him. They conquered him. They they overcame. This is calling back to what we learned in the first few chapters where where John is addressing the seven churches and he says to the one who overcomes, to the one who conquers. So now here we see the way to conquer, the way to overcome, and the way to do that is by the blood of the Lamb. The way you and I conquer and overcome is really three things. Number one, the blood of the Lamb, fully trusting in Jesus' accomplishments, not yours. He bought it by his blood. He paid the ultimate price for you and for me to have, for, ha- for us to have this, this, this conquering ability. It's not anything that you and I can drum up. It's not anything that you and I can be righteous enough, religious enough, or devoted enough. The only thing that will cover your sin and my sin is the blood of the Lamb, and that will help us overcome and conquer Satan. The second thing we see is the word of our testimony. We can attest to God's work in our lives. We've seen him do it again and again, and we must remind ourselves of his working in our lives. You know, it's the word of your testimony given to a lost and dying world that will help them to see that Christ is real, that he is able to help you conquer. Friends, this message is not just for you and I. The reason the Lord tarries, the reason he hadn't come back yet is because there are people who are without Christ, they are lost and dying and going to hell. I know we don't talk about that a lot. It's, it's taboo, it's hard for us to understand, but it's the reality Because those who find themselves trusting in this world and all the lies that Satan has given them, rather than trusting in the king of heaven, uh, trusting in Christ and his accomplishments, those who are found at the end of their life or at the end of this age, whatever comes first, only trusting in themselves and not trusting in Christ, They are destined for a place of eternal torment and pain and separation from Jesus Christ and all that is good. And we must, in a loving and kind way, help people to see that. Now, don't don't go out today and knock on somebody's door. Don't go to your uh, waitress at the uh, or your server at whatever restaurant you go to and say, uh, you know, did you know that you're going to go to hell if you don't know Jesus? Don't we don't do it that way? All right, that that was it is funny because that's that's not what we do. That, we we show them the love of Christ. We ask them how we can pray for them. We we show them the truth of Christ. But the true reality is that anyone found in their own sin and in their own rebellion against God at the end of their lives is destined for that. And the word of your testimony can be the thing that helps them to see how good God is. The word of your testimony, of my testimony, is a counteraction to everything else in the world. We've gotten so accustomed to seeing the world rampant. We're not surprised by anything anymore in our culture. 
But you know what's different than that? The testimony of a believer that says, you know what, my life was, was uh, in myself. You know, I was a mess, but Jesus turned it around. Jesus changed my life. Jesus did something amazing in my life, and I'd love to share with you how he can do the same in yours. That has power. That has power in our world. That has power in our culture, and that has power here. The blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, the third thing, not loving our lives. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must take up his cross daily, die daily, and follow me. Our lives are not the most important thing about our lives. The most important part about our lives is Christ and our eternity, not just our lives here. You see, the life here, it's going to fade way quicker than we want it to. A lot quicker than we imagine or think or prepare for. This life one day will end for each and every one of us. But eternal life is just that, eternal. That's what we put our hope in the importance of knowing and following Jesus and the eternal life he brings. We can overcome Satan's blows in our lives by doing these three things. And when we do, he's powerless. And if we fail to realize this, we'll never operate out of the power afforded to us in Jesus. I think about Christians who continue to meet right now in the hardest places in the world. Places like Afghanistan and China where it's illegal to practice a faith that is not, uh, it is counter to those places and what they deem perfect and right and the right kind, of, uh, right kind of religion. You practice anything other than that, you are in hiding. And there are Christians in hiding in these places and other places, threatened with their own lives sometimes, and you know it's in some of those places that the gospel is advancing the quickest? What if we had a fraction of the passion that they have to follow Jesus no matter the cost? Because Satan is powerless. We can overcome in Christ. Satan's accusations of today... For you and me are powerless, and you and I can overcome them. And here's the question I have for you today as we close. Will you trust in Christ? Will you trust in him? Today, the, the response time is a simple one. Let's thank Jesus for what he's accomplished for us. Friends, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'd love to share with you how you can Come to know him. I'd love to walk with you. You can come up during the service. I'd love to share with you. But I'll also be out in the back afterwards. I'd love to share with you how you can trust Christ. I know uh, any of our staff would love to do that. Any of our deacons and their wives would love to share with you too. Some, grab somebody. We'd love to walk with you. You can come up here afterwards. I'd love to pray with you. But don't leave today without talking to someone. Trust in Christ today. Follow him today. But the rest of us, we have 
a powerful Christ who has shed his blood for you and me so that we can celebrate the fact that we have a defeated foe in Christ and in Satan. Satan is a defeated foe because of Christ. Let's just worship him today. Let's praise him. The altar is open. I'd, I'd encourage you, maybe, maybe you just need to come and pray and worship him and thank him. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I need you to overcome in my life because it seems real tough. It seems real hard, but help me to find strength in you in the midst of this trial. Whatever the Lord is speaking into your heart, would you just listen today? Would you follow him as he leads you? Don't let my words persuade you. Just follow what Christ is wanting to do in your heart right now. Let's pray, and we're going to sing and praise our Savior for all he does. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Help us, Lord, to realize, Lord, because of Christ and his power, Lord, Satan is rendered powerless in our lives. So help us not to give him any foothold. Help us not to listen to the lies that are swallowed up in victory in Christ. Help us, Lord, to focus on you and overcome in you today. That we live our lives by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and that we wouldn't count our lives as something that is more important than eternal life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to sing, and if God is moving in your heart, you come. You follow Christ.